Welcome to the Beef Watch Podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch Podcast, we're going to be discussing an article from the August issue of the Beef Watch newsletter titled Maximizing Profits Under Drought Conditions, Higher Input Costs, and National Herd Liquidation. To discuss this topic, I'm joined today by the author, Dr. Elliot Dennis, who's a livestock marketing and risk management economist at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. Thanks for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Aaron. Dr. Dennis, there's a lot to talk about right now as we think about the cow-calf sector, as we look at what's going on with drought, input cost, uh, herd liquidation. Kind of set the stage for us in terms of what we're seeing right now as we think about what's going on across the states, not only Nebraska, but all states being impacted by the drought. What's happening with cow liquidation, input cost? How are those things shaping conditions for the cow-calf producer? Yeah, so there's really, when we talk about the herd liquidation, there's really two forces there that are happening. There are some things that are incentivizing animals to go to the market. Uh, and those, when we're thinking about those, are, are just really drought. You know, if people believe that hay prices are too expensive or that pasture conditions just aren't going to be sufficient enough to continue to have their same number of cows, then uh, some of that is going to cause when we talk about herd liquidations, more cow liquidation, higher feed costs, when we're trying to think even about supplementing through the, the winter, that likewise can have a, a pretty big issue when we're thinking about, you know, corn and soybeans that are and, and progress and really just plantings of those. It looks like corn prices and soybean prices are going to stay high. Those would all by themselves be an incentives to want to liquidate no matter what the price is. But we also have a situation where we have pretty high slaughter cow prices. Those have really been elevated over the last six to seven months. And so when you put those, you know, incentives to, to want us to sell the animals and then there's high prices, there's a lot of those animals that are, that are going to be, have been coming to the market. So as you look at what's going on right now, and with that in mind, as you think about what's going on in terms of cow calf numbers, I think, I saw a report this last week, Daryl Peel talked about, we may see the greatest reduction in cow numbers in the United States that we've seen in the last 35 years. That's a, that's a big change. And then we, we look at just in terms of what's happening with market demand. Uh, we start to see some tension there, I think, as we think about lower cow calf production, but really pretty good demand as we look at exports and then also beef consumption stateside. Yeah. Export demand, it's really been the shining star throughout throughout all of this and we look at how much of the of the actual cutout is going to exports it's it's quite substantial um, and it really tends to support you know may potentially weakening consumer demand and consumer demand has been relatively strong which ultimately what that means for the producer is that when there's strong consumer demand it can really incentivize prices to to move up given a constant supply and uh, what there is some concern that consumer demand could be weakening given uh, kind of ongoing concerns about inflation uh, and consumers starting to pull back, pull back a little bit on, on some of their spending and, and really shift to different products that has the potential to impact beef. Um, and so while we may be, you know, really doing well in the export market, there is a potential here in at least uh, the Q3 and Q4 that uh, the beef demand overall 
could be could be weakening a little bit. So we think about these different things that are going on and we think about drought conditions and for people who are trying to evaluate, and again, no one knows what the future holds, but do we try to work our way through this drought? Do we spend the money? Do we liquidate a part of the cows, keep part of the cows? Kind of walk through with us maybe some decision evaluation things to think through in light of current conditions. Yeah, so I think this is, uh, as you mentioned, it's it's a hard thing for even people who are in the markets all the time to understand because this is really just a, a new situation that that we've been in uh, we have never been in the downturn of a cycle with a drought and high input prices closest to this that we might have been was in the 2007 and the 2007 was a little bit different the markets were rising up we weren't in a drought but input prices were high which caused the herd to go back and liquidate in the 2012, when we had that uh, drought, we were in a drought down cycle. There was a drought, but input prices were normal. And so this is really new territory for the market. No one has experienced this where the cattle market's been down. We've had a drought and prices are really high. There is a lot of pressure to liquidate. Um, and so when we talk about the profit maximizing decision, ultimately what we're thinking about is, do we receive payouts in the short term or do we get payouts at the end of this cattle cycle? So the example there is if we believe kind of this drought is going to be uh, short-lived less than three years, then paying and biting the bullet to pay for that extra feed is the profit maximizing decision. And the reason why it is, is because you then have the, the feeder calf crop that comes forward. You get the benefit of that you know, boomerang swing up on higher prices, you get all those returns right away. So even though you might've paid for it through the teeth on uh, that higher hay prices, then uh, you do receive the benefit on selling a larger calf crop. Now, if that drought tends to go a little bit longer, that, that benefit of paying for that higher feed really goes away dramatically. And so it's actually better to lower your herd make it through the drought, and then rebuild the herd. The important thing there is that you receive all the payouts of that decision at the end of the cattle cycle. So that's in seven, eight years. So when people are making those decisions, it's just important to understand how that affects your cash flow, how this affects potentially your operation uh, and ability to benefit from price swings. In the article, you also talk about the importance of visiting with your ag lender, just talking through what's your current financial situation, projecting out, you know, if we hold cattle, what is the potential cost of that? If we sell uh, our portion or sell many, what does that look like? Kind of walk through with us a little bit, some conversations you think would be important to have with a lender right now in light of current conditions. Well, I think any, any lender or any banker that you, they talk to always talks about having a relationship. And when I think about having a relationship, it starts with communication. And a relationship and communicating effectively so the lender can know the decisions you're making and, and why you're making those decisions. And not that you need your lender's blessing on, on this stuff, but at least they can be informed on why you're making a decision. So if the market moves against you or you're needing additional uh, support, they understand how you got there uh, and kind of along the way. And it also provides kind of this first test on 
you know, if the market moves and this is kind of what happens and I might need additional loan, what would be your position on that? You can get a pretty good feel right away that if, uh, if the market moves against you or you're going to need some additional support, um, if your lender is going to be willing to provide that. Uh, that can impact a decision. It doesn't mean necessarily that it should affect your decision entirely, um, but it is an important factor. Some of these strategies require a large amount of financing. We just have to make sure that our, our lender is going to be there to provide that financing. The classical example of this is when we talk about risk management, price risk management in particular, when we think about hedging, you know, we often have to have a margin account. And so when the markets move against us, the bank has to put forth margin. Well, a, a banker who doesn't un that, understand that strategy and understand the way the futures market works could pull the plug on you halfway through your price risk management strategy and say, I'm not providing any more margin. They lose all their margin and you lose all your price risk protection. Some of that just needs to be communicated up front. So that's why I think anytime we're making those decisions, it's best to talk about with if we have loans to communicate that strategy with your lender, understand their position, and potentially they have some good feedback for you that is, is worth considering. One of the other tools that you don't talk about in this article, but we've talked about before is livestock risk protection insurance as a way to put a floor on a price going forward, but also leave the upside open. Maybe just talk through with us a little bit about that being an option under current conditions. Yeah. So livestock risk protection is essentially a put option set, as you mentioned, Aaron, it sets a floor uh, and the producer benefits from the upside. Uh, you do pay a, a cost to have this product, refer to that as a premium. Um, and that's because a person is taking on some of that risk for you of downward price movement. Um, really encourage first to find out your unit, uh, your cost of production once you find your, your cost of production, you understand kind of where your break-even price is, and then do your best to, to work with marketing partners to lock in a, a floor at least at your break-even and hopefully a little bit above that break-even. I think anytime you talk to a lender, they're worried about repayment. And so if you're talking about risk management and saying, hey, I'm thinking about this, uh, most of those lenders can be entirely supportive of you because what it essentially communicates to the lender is that uh, there is going to be some assurity of payment back and the risk of default decreases dramatically. And so I think all lenders are generally supportive of you doing price risk management. They don't provide input on how or what strategy you should use. And so that's where you need to work with a marketing partner. Uh, or marketing firm on that, or you can do it yourself. But price risk management is, in my mind, is, is really important. And it's something that maybe 10 years might have been optional. But as we move into a more interconnected world, a global world, and high information world, prices move quickly and aggressively. And so all that information gets incorporated and frankly, we need to have proactive price risk management to help mitigate some of that movement uh, in the market for us as producers. Dr. Dennis, anything else on this topic that you think would be relevant as we point towards wrapping this up? Well, there's always a lot of you know emotion when we're talking about drought and we have 
course, there's a lot of other considerations like genetics and, um, you know, breed the time to rebuild herds. And these are not easy decisions. And so I always say, if you need help, talk through it. If you feel like you're in a bad position, reach out for help. Um, and here at Nebraska Extension, we're part of that. We're not the complete answer. And so being proactive on, you know, reaching out to people that you feel like you need to help to, to make the best decision. Well, thanks again for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Aaron. But for more information on the topic that was discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, I would encourage you to visit the beef.unl.edu website. Again, the title of the article that was discussed, Maximizing Profits Under Drought Conditions, Higher Input Costs, and National Herd Liquidation.